You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand the ghost of a chance? Welcome to... From the Bleachers, I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Bleeding Your Nation Radio Podcast Network. Today, this is recording uh, early Thursday evening, June 2nd. We got Eagles practice open to the media tomorrow. So we got a lot going on. I'll be down there for Philly Voice. Uh, Brandon Lee Gowton, BGN, BGN Radio will be down there. I think we'll be doing a post-practice pod. So maybe we'll be able to listen to that Friday night. I'm probably You're probably listening to this on Friday, I'm assuming either Friday night, Saturday morning, give you a little bit of an insight as to what's going on with the birds down at the NovaCare Complex. Really excited to do that. It would be my first time covering the team in person with Philly Voice. I had done so years and years ago, and not dating myself, I shaved just when I was really young, when I was interning for the Philadelphia Daily News in 2014, I would go down there about once a week during the season in the fall to cover practice and do stories and things like that. I remember the first story I ever did was on Chris Polk. If you remember him, he was the Eagles, I guess, third running back in 2014 and also did some special teams work, had a big kick return touchdown and talked about him. He was one of those – he was one of my guys where uh, that type of player that certain fan or person or media member thinks should be getting more playing time and more run or whatever you want to say, more touches than they are. So that Chris Polk was my OG Eagles interview. So he was cool. And at the time – and then in USA Today – did some work for them a couple summers in 2015. Uh, I did that. I remember talking even then to Brandon Graham. This is 2015. Chip's still here. He's playing outside linebacker, standing up in a two-point stance. And he is far, far from the Super Bowl hero Philadelphia legend that he would become. The, the idea that he would even do that, even at the time in 2015, after this is all after 2010, the Eagles trade up for him. They don't take Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas was to be the next Dawkins. All that stuff, part of the – the, the glow up, the come up for Brandon Graham. Even at the time in 2015, he wasn't some guy getting big numbers or uh, making a lot of noise, but he was an awesome interview, good guy, great guy to talk to. And even as someone who didn't have a ton of NFL interview experience, he was a good guy to talk to. And years since, obviously, became a legend, gave me that shout out video on Fox 29 when I got uh, engaged, given, given that I met my fiance, actually, at the Eagles Super Bowl parade, which that was really cool. I got to talk to him at the Eagles uh, draft party we did at Philly Voice. He was a good guy then. So looking forward to going down there. You know, I think the team bringing some good stories and definitely trying to do a story on BG and his coming back from that Achilles injury and seeing how his offseason has been going on. One bit of news that I'm touching on today that came out yesterday from The Athletic. Bo Wolf of The Athletic. I guess I could call him friend of the podcast. We are used to subscribe to my newsletter. I was once on Birds with Friend called uh, – Defop, dear friend of the podcast. So returning the favor here for both. So we have yesterday, Bo Wolf says, Jeffrey Lurie's son, Julian Lurie, a 27-year-old Harvard grad, 
who's been involved with the team for some time, obviously, has now official position with the Eagles organization. His title is Business and Football Operations Strategy. This is a long time coming, I think. Uh, Bo in his article on The Athletic, you'd obviously read on The Athletic. I'm a subscriber there. Obviously, they, they do tremendous Eagles content. That Julian was at the Senior Bowl this past year with you know some of the head decision makers, offensive line coach Jeff, Jeff Stoutland. And as he gets older, now as his father, Jeffrey Lurie, gets older, I believe Jeff is 70 right now, it's inevitable that Julian will take Jeffrey's place as the head of this organization, as the owner. I don't know when that will come. I don't know if it's coming in five years, 10 years, next year. Who knows? But this is a stepping stone for when that's actually going to happen. And I've talked to some people, my friends in group chats, you know, whenever some Eagles news breaks out, you're sending it to your three different group chats. You have your college friends, your high school friends, your, you know, your whatever friends, you're sending them in different chats. And some people were really nervous saying, looking at the way other organizations across sports, when it becomes a generational ownership, they're nervous about that, that they can't follow in their parents or whatever family members' footsteps and maintain some consistency and have a consistently good franchise. And I would say that if I was an owner, if I was a billionaire and I had a son and I was seven years old or whatever it is, uh, when I was getting ready to sell the team, I wouldn't just sell the team. I would just give it to my kid. I mean, they're, they're you know, as much as we want to crap on owners, I'm right there all the time too. It, you know, if I was an owner, I'd be really involved in personnel decisions. I think a lot of people would be like that. I think we'd be like Julie, uh, Jerry Jones down in Dallas. Uh, hopefully we'd have a kid like Steven Jones, like he does down there, kind of keeping things steady. But the idea that something bad would happen to come of this, that Julian Lurie's – I don't want to say he's too young. He's only a year younger than me. I'm not saying he's going to be making these decisions next year or something like that. But eventually he will be the, the guy in charge of this Eagles organization. I'm left thinking that I guess you consider in Philadelphia sports history, Ed Snyder, founder of the Flyers, is probably the greatest owner given what – Flyers went to Philadelphia when they initially came here, the way they transformed the sports scene when they won those championships back-to-back in the in the 70s, and then the way they were consistently excellent all the way into the early 21st century. And then, you know, things have gone sour the last decade, but uh, you get what I'm saying there. But for the 21st century specifically, it's not particularly close that Jeffrey Lurie has been the best owner in Philadelphia. In reality, to me, one of the best owners in all of the NFL. Yes, in recent years, it seems like he's gotten more involved in personnel decisions and football operations business. You want an owner to just throw a bunch of money at someone at the at the team, give them the state of art facilities, everything you want to invest in the team. And I think the Eagles do do that. They have a great complex now, the Novacare complex. They they compensate their front office ex- employees extremely, extremely well. I think it goes to the coaching staff. And the Eagles are always out there making big money for agents on these. And this is going on for, again, two decades now. So I'm not worried about the team getting cheap. It's the same family. It's the same money, right? Same money, old money. That's not really going to change to me. And I'd much rather keep it in the Lurie family because, you know, I've complained about Jeff Lurie a lot over the last two years. Getting involved in decisions. I don't necessarily want the owner to make decisions. In, in as much as I'm critical of Howie Roseman, I'd rather Howie Roseman make the decisions. But again, at the same time, if I was the owner, I'd be having to call in the shots and all the first-round picks. Anyone out there who's saying they're not going to do that is absolutely, absolutely lying just for us normal people, not that we're ever going to be in that position. Right. But I'd rather Julian Lurie run this team 
than just have Jeff sell the team to some random billionaire weirdo who runs it like a tech company, you get the next Josh Harris over here. A guy doesn't really understand what makes this team tick, what makes this organization tick, the team, players, and the entire city as a whole. I think it's a better, 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 not even close chance that to keep the Eagles stability and this consistent success they've had for two decades, obviously some down years in there, some seasons that where fans are getting ready to pull their hair out and get mad over. Understandably, I've been there. I get that. But outside of New England and Baltimore, and I guess Pittsburgh, for the NFC specifically, other than, I guess, Green Bay too, because they've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks during this period, outside of Green Bay, no one in the, in the NFC has been this consistent this century more than the Eagles. So I have way more faith in Julian Lurie being able to keep that going for the next several decades than I would if in five, ten years, Jeffrey Lurie's getting older, wants to go chill at a beach house. He's a New England guy, right? Heading up in Cape Cod, doing whatever he's doing. I've never been to Cape Cod. Would you think that I've ever been to Cape Cod? Obviously not. But I'd, I'd much rather trust the keeping in that family. Obviously, we don't want it to be, you know, uh, turn it into good, uh, the godfather and, uh, you know, Fredo over here. But I have I have trust in this organization. Obviously, some people might not like that he's a, an Ivy League guy, just young kid, obviously ridiculously wealthy Ivy League kid. Obviously, uh, good to see a guy from the Ivy League get a win sometimes. We definitely need more of those out there. That doesn't happen too frequently. Obviously, I went to Penn. I joke about that all the time. Uh, but Luria, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm glad this is the way it's going down rather than, hey, it's what you're saying now, 2022. It's 2037. Jeff's stepping down and Julian's going from no official role within the organization whatsoever to the chairman, the owner, the CEO, whatever you want to say. And we're not going to pretend that he's this, you know, front office intern who's getting paid crap wages, sleeping in the, the Harry Roseman's under sleeping under Harry Roseman's desk. Like he's George Costanza hiding from his boss. He's not running the gauntlet like that, but having a stepping stone to getting there to the inevitability that he's going to be the owner being involved uh, sooner rather than later, getting the understandings of how the organization really, really operates, not just being, you know, daddy's son, rich boy's son, getting his hands dirty in a little way, I'd much prefer it to go down this route. You know, all owners are bad, you know, that there's that take, and I don't necessarily disagree, but it's the world we live in in professional sports, and if there's someone who's going to own the Eagles, if it's not going to be me, I'm sure everyone wants to own the Eagles. That's the dream. If you had... An infinite amount of money. If you had the Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, Elon Musk type money, I wouldn't be out there buying Twitter. I'd be giving Jeff Lurie a blank check for the Eagles. I don't even know if there's an amount he would sell it for, which is wild. I mean, what is Jeff? How much did uh, Elon Musk buy Twitter for? I don't know. Say a hundred million, hundred billion. How much? Let's look it up. How much did Elon Musk buy Twitter for? Forty-four billion. I mean, if I had his money. I'd pay $44 billion for the Eagles. Did Jeff Lurie do that? I think he'd have to. Elon hit my line. Yeah, that's it for me today. Just doing a quick hitter on this. Want to get back out there. Going to be doing ramping up pods as we're getting closer to the summer and training camp OTAs and then eventually the season uh, come the fall. Uh, NBA Finals tonight, Celtics, Warriors. Uh, Requiem for the Philadelphia Warriors, I guess. Definitely, uh, if you're from Philly, you're definitely not rooting for Boston. You're going to be pulling for the Warriors here. Uh, to be frank, though, 
Um, I'm a little pessimistic. The Celtics team really scares me in a, in a, in a bad way for me, a good way for Bostonians out there. Uh, maybe I'm wrong when this gets posted Friday, but a little nervous. Uh, Boston's going to take game one, and I don't know what things are going to go from there. Steph Curry, I love Steph. Hope he finally gets his finals MVP award, and then, you know, he's going to be top ten all the time. Maybe he already is, but get that finals MVP, get that. That'd be his fourth ring. He's the good. He's in the he's in the uh, top ten rankings there. That's it for me. Seamus Clancy, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus underscore Clancy. And obviously, I'm the deputy sports editor at phillyvoice.com. You can check out my work there, phillyvoice.com. Obviously, Eagle, our Eagles beat writer is Jimmy Kemsky. He also does BGN Radio here with Brandon Lee Gowton, BLG, our guy. So a lot of great stuff going on in BGN and Philly Voice this summer and obviously upcoming this Eagles season. Take care. Stay safe. Rain a little bit earlier. Hopefully, you survived the heat wave. Stay indoors. Get a fan on air if you can. You know, whatever your situation is, and keep leading green. B-G-N.